Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about the new moon in the third decan of Virgo. I hope that you're doing well out there and having a good Friday afternoon. Just chilling out in a early September afternoon here. <laughs> trying to get through the day, trying to get through the week. Um, how's your week been? How's your week been, friends? We've uh, been seeing uh, Mercury Kazemi. We have seen a Jupiter retrograde. It's been a long week over here. I'm a little, it's been a lot of stuff going on, but uh, hoping to get a nice uh, chat in with all of you today. We're going to go until about four o'clock. So we'll, we'll set a hard stop on that. We are going to go through the parts of the new moon that are important. We're going to talk about the Deccan of Virgo associated with the Ten of Pentacles, and we're going to break that down, and I'll show you a little bit from my Deccan webinar. We are going to take the new moon through the houses as well, and see if we can break that down for your rising sign, or some people could say your sun sign as well, but um, you want to look up your rising sign for the most accurate uh, portrayal of this full moon. All right, I'm going to welcome some friends in here. Darren D is here. Says, hey, Spencer, actually made it to a live. Hello, everyone from the UK. Nice to see you, D. Uh, glad you could join us live this time, my friend. Uh, Monique is here. Hello, everyone from Los Angeles. How are you doing, Monique? Nice to see you, friend. Hope that you're healing up. You had a little, she had a little, little accident, and uh, hopefully you're feeling better, friend. Uh, Marjorie is here from Pennsylvania. Nice to see you. Marjorie, you'll probably... Uh, like my Super Bowl prediction this year, if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, I know that I got in trouble last year with the Eagles fans for predicting that they would lose the Super Bowl, but I was right. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be right this year and redeem myself in your eyes. Uh, Monique says, this week sucked ass. Well, I can't disagree 100% with that, Monique. There were some challenging moments uh, for for everyone, I think this week, myself included, but there are some some shining moments too. So there's some ups and some downs. We live in this roller coaster of life, and we're trying to all figure it out one day at a time. Don says, "Hey everyone from Mobile, Alabama. Our heat wave finally broke, and we felt a cool breeze today. Very nice, nice, Don. That's good. Yeah, we have cooler weather here today. Also, hopefully you can hear me okay with the audio and everything. I do have my fan going, but." Um, we're in the 70s today instead of the 90s and the earlier earlier in the week which was it's so hard to sleep with that i live in you know a second story of a home where we don't have central air and we've got these little crappy window units and it doesn't always help <laughs> so i was a little sleep deprived earlier this week from the heat from a little bit of a fantasy football you know brain chewing and uh had a little family emergency this this week too my daughter was uh having some health challenges herself. So uh, it's been a lot going on. I know there's, everyone's been going through stuff. So hope that you're hanging in there. I'm glad that the heat wave broke for you. Khadija is here creating harmony. Says it's been busy, but overall positive. Grateful for this week. Weekend time though, it's gonna take, gotta take a little road trip. Oh, that'll be fun. Get out of the house, shake it up a little bit. Uh, Khadija's coming from, to us from Southern Louisiana. That's fun. Um, Sharon is here. Sharon says, hi, everyone from Denver, Colorado. Nice to see you, Sharon. 
Um, go Broncos. <laughs> How are you? Hope you're doing well today, friend. Khadija um, says, definitely challenging moments. Agreed. Don says, this morning was 68. It will be up in the 90s this afternoon, but no more over 100 with 90% humidity. Ooh, that sounds... Yeah, over 100 with 90% humidity just sounds like a living hell to me. I just... I am... I'm of Nordic and ancestry, and the heat just just melts me. I, I just, it's hard for me to do anything when it gets hot. Uh, Sharon says, hope your daughter's starting to feel better. I hope so, Sharon. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter had the double whammy this week. You know, she, she had a kidney stone and then was diagnosed with COVID. So it's been a week. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm kind of tired today to be 100% honest with all of you. And uh, so send, send your thoughts and prayers and well-wishing and you know, good magic and good mojo over to her because she's kind of healing up, trying to heal up right now. Um, Don says, yeah, me too. Viking soul and body. I physically feel it. Yeah, I'm here with you, Don. KP1231 is here from Cleveland, Ohio, New York, LA. Is it really? <laughs> That's what I always think of when I see these little different towns in the chat is that, uh, Huey Lewis in the news, uh, the heart of rock and roll. But, but, but the heart of rock and roll is still beating in Cleveland, New York. Do, 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 do. God says, oh no, yeah, prayers for my daughter. Yeah, she, send her some good good energy, friends. She needs it. She's had a run of some challenging luck lately, and uh, she could use a, a boost. Okay. Yeah, Marjorie says, sending lots of love and healing thoughts. Thank you, Marjorie. I appreciate that, friend. Um, well, a couple announcements before we, we dive into it. Thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate all of you. Appreciate your comments, your questions, your, uh, well wishes. I uh, really enjoy this community and, and love, you know, being present for you each month or each week, month, year, whatever it is today. Um, we have a couple of announcements to make before we get going. Uh, for those of you who haven't, uh, heard. I have a pretty big offering that's going on right now. Uh, registration is open for my Deccan Walk 23-24. This is the, the biggest class slash offering that I've done. It is a full year-long program where we are going to be studying in depth all of the decanic placements that I talk about in the show. If you're not familiar with the Deccans, those are 10 degree sections of the Zodiac that really give us some interesting mythology, tarot cards, fixed stars, daimonic spirits, uh, all of those different lenses to be able to look at our charts and other people's charts through. It's really, really enriched my practice, and it's been something that I've really leaned very heavily on on um, the work that I do with clients and here on this channel. So we're going to be going on this deck and walk where we're going to meet up twice a month. We're, uh, we're going to be uh, talking about our shared collective stories around it. We're going to be studying all of these interesting facets my all of my all 12 of my decan webinars that i did uh three hours a piece going over all these integrative divination things are going to be included in the price of the class they're going to be part of the learning experience there's going to be a, a pdf workbook that you're going to be able to work through a decan flashcards to help you learn i just hope so that you'll join us for this it's going to be really exciting it's gonna be really fun we've got some really cool people signed up so far um, payment plans are available just reach out, send me an email at spencermichaudastrology at gmail.com. 
monthly payment plans are available. If you're looking at the year-long cost and hiccuping a little bit, you know, we can split it up into payments to make it more pal pal palpable for you. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Um, but yeah, hope you'll join me for that. Reach out. Would love to go on that journey with all of you. Um, for those of you who want to study the Deccans piecemeal, I have my Deccans of Virgo webinar on sale for 20% off until the end of Virgo season, which is September the 23rd. So check that out as well. That can be found on my website, spencermichaud.com. And finally, there's a really fun giveaway that is uh, going on right now from my partner's business, Magical Business, Third Coast Mojo. For those of you who aren't familiar, my partner, Tanya Andrews, has a magical business where she creates all sorts of wonderful oils, petitions, bath salts, soaps, all of these types of things that are magically elected and help bring down some of the energy that we talk to talk about in the show into your life. Like they're also very remedial. So if you're having challenges with a particular planet, these these oils and and whatnot can can help mitigate some of those challenging aspects that you may have in your chart or that you may have going on by transit. She makes really beautiful stuff. She's really committed to it. And I, I really enjoy the work that she does. So she is having a giveaway on Instagram. So check her out at Third Coast Mojo uh, on Instagram, like the post, sign up for her newsletter. She has a new newsletter and uh, you will be instantly entered in a giveaway for some of like a gift basket of her awesome products. She's also um, allowing people to tag a friend in that post to give you extra chances to win. So check that out. That's You can find a link to the Instagram in the description of this video, or just check her out at Third Coast Mojo, either on Etsy and the giveaway is going through Instagram. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. I'm wearing her stuff every day. Like I've got Mercury and Virgo on as we talk today. I've got some Jupiter in Pisces stuff down on my feet, which rules, Pisces rules the feet. I just love it. She's great. And um, she really cares about the work that she does. So support her. All right. Those are the announcements that I have. As always, I am available for readings. Reach out at spencermichaud.com if you need guidance with your transits, with your mythological story, with your natal chart reading. Um, I also do astrological tutoring. I really enjoy teaching. So check that out as well. Finally, one last announcement. If you want to make a material donation to the work I'm doing here today, there's a little dollar sign in the chat. Uh, that's called a super checker, super sticker <laughs> or super chat. And that really helps me keep the lights on here, friends. You can also donate after the fact at PayPal me or Venmo, or you can buy me coffee at buymecoffee.com. All right, let's do this. I'm going to go back through the chat, see if I missed any more, uh, any more chats. KP says, Lice, Huey Lewis. Yes, love Huey. Uh, and the news. Sending positive healing vibes for your daughter. Thank you, friend. I appreciate that. Laura Edda is here. Says, really enjoyed your recent sports podcast with Adam and Kip. Thanks for reminding me, Laura. That was another announcement I was going to make. You three make it so interesting, even for someone who is not really into sports. Yes, so we are back with the astrology of sports. So you can check that out at the Nightlight Astrology uh, channel on YouTube. We did episode number seven, which is previewing the NFL season for 2023. And I had a, a great time talking to Kip and Adam. And uh, we talked fantasy football. We talked most valuable player for the league. We talked Super Bowl. And I gave my Super Bowl prediction. So you can check that out over on the channel, Nightlight Astrology. Yeah, I appreciate that, Laura. I, I do have fun doing that. I, 
my brain is really uh, really analytical if you couldn't tell from being here on the show and uh football and fantasy football give it another thing to chew on every once in a while sometimes for good or for ill and we'll talk about that today uh but for the most part i find it enjoyable and uh i'm learning how to pace myself how to have a healthy balance between the things that i love doing and uh, the responsibilities that I have to work through. It's just hard sometimes. You love something, especially if you have some Leo placements. Sometimes you dive in head first and it's just you just get so passionate about things. And then you combine that with a lot of with a Leo stellium. I'm sorry, with a Virgo stellium that I have in my chart. And uh, it's passionate about analyzing minutia and details. <laughs> so you can imagine all the strategizing that goes on. But I try to have fun with it. Last year was my first year playing, and I have a general idea how it goes now, and I think I'll be less, less ang- anxious about it and try to just have more fun with it. Um, Carol says, hey, Spence, thanks for helping me through Virgo season. Well, I hope to do my best for you today, Carol. Um, Sharon says, love the sports astrology. Well, I, Sharon and I had a nice talk the other day, and um, she has the same amazing brain for this type of thing and man don't don't uh, don't mess with sharon and her fancy football team because she's gonna be prepared i can tell um dawn says i was watching it prior to this event wishing you guys would do hockey that would be awesome yeah that's tough dawn there's i think that the challenge is this the three of us have our own wheelhouse for certain sports and uh it's for me personally, I know quite a bit about football. I know a, a good deal about basketball. I'm sort of lacking in my baseball and hockey knowledge. I know almost nothing about soccer or football if you're international. Um, but I know the big names. So it would be it would be disingenuous if we pretended like we knew hockey because none of us watch it, you know. And honestly. I don't think any of us are really super into baseball either. It doesn't mean I don't like baseball. It just means that there's 162 of those games. Like we're already like investing an enormous amount of time in football once a week. <laughs> you know? So for me, it's just like, I, I just, there's just so many games that I, if I got invested in that, I'd never get anything done. And uh, sometimes you just have to draw the line, but um, I think I might try to, do a hockey Stanley Cup prediction potentially um, if we're still doing something around that period of time. So we'll try to we'll try to get get something for you, friend. Um, Sharon says I wish I'd come out before the fantasy draft. Yeah, that was I've been angling for those to come out a little sooner. Um, it's not for lack of effort on my part, Sharon. So, but uh, it's not my channel. So <laughs> that's all I'll have to say about that um prudence is here hello prudence nice to see you friend um dawn says just playoffs but you really need uh but all you really need are the big players and the coaches using your technique that's true dawn that's true um if you aren't familiar with the predictions that i've made on the astrology podcast the sports astrology podcast i use a, a south node and technique to predict the with the coaches to predict uh, the winners of the championship games so i've been pretty successful over the last year or two here. I've correctly predicted the Super Bowl um, about six months in advance of it before the playoffs even started. Uh, I correctly predicted the World Series last year 
and I was pretty darn close with the World Cup. I was off by one. There was, I predicted, my prediction was uh, Croatia, but Croatia made it to like the final four, but we can't win them all. Um, so yeah, check that out. Let's see. Okay, friends. So go check that out on Adam's channel. And uh, I, I love talking sports. So, so I could, you guys are going to get me <laughs> down the sports rabbit hole, but let's talk some New Moon and Virgo. Don says, make me some money, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, this is the other thing. Please, for the love of God, do not take my advice for gambling uh, purposes. Uh, that is my disclaimer, is that this is for entertainment purposes only. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be responsible for you winning or losing a bunch of money. I, of course, want abundance for you. But at the same time, I try to just have fun with it. And if you choose to use that advice to do that, that's on you. But again, it's for entertainment purposes only. And that is my legal disclaimer for you. Because again, I'm not going to be right all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm batting probably about 80% right now, which, is, which isn't bad. But, uh, you know, we'll all take a little help that we can get, right? Don says, I'll be good, but I'm going to use the hell out of it. <laughs> okay, Don. All right, Don. Well, let me know how it turns out for you. Monique says, what if I do gamble with your picks and cut you 10%? <laughs> well, like, now we're getting into some shaky ethical territory, but uh, you can send me money if you want, Mo. You can just make a donation on the channel. You don't have to win money to do that. <laughs> so if you like what you're hearing today and you want to support what I do, hit that donation button. Or Monique, sign up for the Deck and Walk. I'd love to uh, have you come with us on that journey. So that would be great. And uh Looking forward to working with a lot of you. Um, okay, friends, let's let's talk about this new moon. So I'm going to pull the chart up, and uh, you all are trying to get me past my two hour mark today, aren't you? I made a I made a commitment to myself. <laughs> Gosh darn it! But I am going to do these within two hours now, and uh, I have to focus. I have to focus. <laughs> Moses, Don, it's my people. Yeah, the two of you are just, you're the rabble rousers here. Um, so, friends, we have had quite a week, right? Um, you know, I, a few of us, oh, Don, thank you for the super sticker. I appreciate you. That's my cut, right? That's my cut in advance of you gambling on my advice. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I appreciate you, friend. Um, so, we are coming off a week where we had one of the benefics stationing direct Venus and the other benefic stationing retrograde. We also are still dealing with Mercury in its retrograde phase, although at this new moon, Mercury will be slowly beginning to station direct and it will station direct the day after the new moon. So this week was, I, I, this week was funky. I, I, I have to admit, I, I had a funky time this week. I had some really interesting moments, some enjoyable moments. My, my fantasy drafts were early in the week and I really enjoyed doing that, but it, it totally screwed up my schedule, my sleep schedule, the heat really messed with my sleep schedule, my family emergency kept me up at night. And a lot of this I think is Venus, Jupiter square, um, where we have maybe too much of a good thing on some level with Venus squaring Jupiter. 
Venus is the things that we love, Jupiter being the you know, that expansive energy potentially. I will also say that Jupiter stationing retrograde in the second decan of Taurus speaks towards uh, kind of a reevaluation of the rhythms and routines that we've been working so hard to implement. My personal time lord for the year, which is it's you find that by finding your annual perfected house, which is a every year you're at your birthday, you have a different house that is activated. And in this case, my, I'm in an eighth house perfection year with Pisces on the eighth house. So that means that Pisces being ruled by Jupiter makes Jupiter my time lord. So what I'm doing when I'm looking at stuff for transits, readings for people for their year ahead, I'm going to look at which planet is activated via that via annual perfection. So in my own case, I've spent a lot of time since my birthday in July trying to find the right routine that will support healthy growth. And, you know, in the last few weeks, I've been doing this, this kind of uh, executive functioning kind of learning with this book, Winning the Week, that I really like by Demir Bentley and Carrie Bentley. I, I love this book, and it's really about pre-planning your weeks. I've talked about this on the show before, but I, I'll keep singing its praises. Uh, and in the last couple of weeks, I became really productive. I, I pre-planned my time. I was really good about focusing and uh, honoring what I committed to do at the beginning of the week, and I got really caught up on a lot of stuff. And then when Jupiter station retrograde, this is the long-winded way of me saying that when Jupiter station retrograde, a lot of those routines just got taken a, a nuclear bomb to, basically. Uh, my sleep schedule was sort of ch changed. Uh, my, my brain schedule is sort of changing because there is a new temptation, fantasy football in my case, or, the, or just even watching football, okay, which takes up, which is very seductive. Uh, this is the Venus-Jupiter square. It is very seductive to, to me personally because it is instant gratification. Okay, you can see these two here. So I, for me personally, I know, and I know that this isn't everybody's cup of tea, but I'm using this as an example of things in your life that could be uh, changing based on things that you like and that could throw a monkey wrench in the scheduling and the planning that you're trying to do. So, so for me, this is something that uh, I, I can spend all day analyzing this stuff. Like there's, there's so many different factors with something like fantasy football. It's, it is, um, you're analyzing people's situations, whether they're going to play one week to the next, whether they have an injury, whether their team is good or not, whether the circumstances will allow them to be successful, whether you need to pick a player up or drop a player, whether you want to trade a player, all of these things. Whether you want to start a player or sit them on your bench, there's, there's a lot of thought process that goes into it. Um, but my point being is that when you have something like that in your life, okay, uh, you really need to learn how to compartmentalize that. Okay? And that's the biggest challenge, I think, with Jupiter stationing retrograde in the middle decan of Taurus, is we've spent a number of months trying to establish healthy routines that will create positive growth within our life. And now, as we've been having this Venus-Jupiter square, you know, grinding away at each other here, um, 
that that is being up for review. So I had one set of schedules that that I was working with before the major distraction came into my life. And I was successful with that. Now that there's a whole new set of circumstances, I will need to go back and review and maybe make some time for the things that are enjoyable. This is something that I think is really important, especially if you have a lot of Virgo in your chart. Uh, and Cookerzilla is here, says, hey, yo, Spencer, Virgo has been pointing out everything that's hard and healing at the same time. Yeah, totally. Uh, and welcome to Smile uh, today as well in the chat. But when you have a lot of Virgo on your chart or when you're trying to make changes, you are going to need to constantly reevaluate the process. And again, that's another thing I like about winning the week method is that you have to be flexible with it. When you get new information, you will have to use new methods. And, and again, I think that being able to plan some things that you like doing is important. And maybe it's frivolous. Maybe it isn't changing the world. But we, we all deserve to have a little bit of joy in the world. Within reason, if something becomes uh, overwhelming, if something that brings you pleasure becomes overwhelming, it can then become toxic. So whatever you're going through right now with Venus and Jupiter and how you seek pleasure, how you manage your time, how you create rhythms in your life, it's important to go back and say, how can I make time for this by taking care of my responsibilities first? Okay, I think that's the key. Because I, I, it's almost kind of like you're earning some of that, that uh, leisure time. Now, we shouldn't have to earn leisure time, but I think it does work to have some accountability with that. The way that I've been doing things is that I, I, I have really good hours of brain power in the beginning of the day. My, my most efficient brain hours are between 10 and 2 p.m., 10 a.m. and 2 p.m., so I schedule the really labor-intensive thinky work around that period of time. If I get all that work done, then I've earned myself uh, an hour in the afternoon to just space out and read about football. Do you see what I'm saying? And sometimes if I don't get my work done, I will have to go and do more work during those later hours. Um, but I think it's important to have a healthy balance. And this, again, is something that... that Second deck in Taurus is speaking to as a healthy balance between pleasure and responsibility. So this is one part of our new moon in Virgo 3. And this has been a, a theme of this last week that we will continue to have to work through because those two planets have been squaring off with one another for quite some time. Now, if we go through... Um, Cookerzilla's got some nice comments here. Appreciate your self-help journey. So much info out there. One can only read so many habit books. Astrology is here for us to learn about ourselves. Yeah, amen. I, I, I think that we all are going to go on certain journeys of trying to improve ourselves or trying to work through our challenges. And we're not all going to be able to, to have the same inputs, right? And by sharing those things, that will, that will help us to, to help each other, right? So we're looking at this new moon. This is on September the 14th, 2023, 9.39 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, which is a Thursday. Make the appropriate adjustments for your time zone. And 
the third decan is really an interesting place in the zodiac to, to me. It is the end of a material process. I tend to think of the, the, the signs as we have that cardinal energy. Well, I, I don't know if I'm unique in this. I, I tend to think of it like this. This is just kind of how it is. Um, you have the initiation energy with the cardinal signs. You have the solidification of it in the fixed signs. And then you have the, the ending and the change that happen in the, the mutable signs. It transitions from one season to the next. And this is, this is sort of the, an end of a material process that actually started at Capricorn. You can, there, since the zodiac is a wheel, there are so many different ways that you can think about a starting and an ending point. A lot of people, when they first start studying astrology, think of Aries as a starting point, and it is one starting point. If you studied Egyptian history and astrology and, and divination, you can think of Cancer as a starting point. That's where they started their so solar year. Okay, uh, You could think of the winter solstice as a starting point, the return of the light. Um, but what's fascinating to me is thinking of Capricorn as the start of a, of a material process and its, its results happening in Virgo. So this is a new moon that's going to be about evaluating the results of our material processes. We're going to be bringing things to completion. We're going to be figuring out how to preserve our things that we've worked hard to harvest and be able to preserve them against the ravages of time. We are also probably going to be spending some time identifying things that just aren't working, that just aren't worth preserving, aren't worth our energy to, to preserve for the winter, basically. So think about it like this. Think about it with an agricultural metaphor. If you spend most of your year, let's say you, you, you pick out the seeds before spring, you till the soil in the very early parts of spring, it's Taurus season, the plow, right? That's the first decade of Taurus. You plant the seeds, Taurus season, and you nurture that throughout the whole summer. You weed the garden, you do all the things that you need to do to take care of it, and then you finally harvest that crop. So this is the harvest period. Now, once you've harvested that crop, it doesn't end there. You need to, if you've ever had a bumper crop of tomatoes, for example, you realize that some of those are gonna go bad if you don't do something like can them for the winter. To me, this is like the canning process. This is the canning phase. This is where we're saying we're picking through the bumper crop of tomatoes, and we are trying to figure out which one of them which ones of them are worth preserving, okay, that look clean, that aren't split, that don't have mold, and which one of them we need to return back to the compost pile, because there's going to be some of them that are ridden with worms, there's going to be some of them that are molding, that just don't look good, they've split, they're, they're not going to be worth preserving. So we all have things like that in our life. So coming to terms with a form that is either valuable and worth preserving and that needs to be discarded can be very emotional, can be very challenging. There is also time pressure involved with it. I find Virgo a, time, a very time sensitive sign because if you do not get to work preserving that against the ravages of time, your harvest will not sustain you through the winter. 
So here's an example of this, just from my own experience. I'll be, be really real and give you a peek behind the curtain here. So my Deccan walk starts in the beginning of October, right, right around the, the fall equinox. In the last period of Virgo season, I'm probably going to be trying to get people signed up and say, ah, like, let's get people in the door, you know, because people notoriously wait until the very last minute to sign up for these things. I hope that you won't. You'll actually be creating less work for me if you sign up earlier. If you're planning on it and you're on the fence, just, just reach out. Ask me questions if you have them. But by waiting till the last minute, then there's a lot of bureaucratic work that happens. If that's how it goes for you, that's fine. I'd rather you be in the class than not be in the class. But in, in my life, it will be about, okay, will I have enough students to sustain my whatever through the next winter, through the next year, through whatever. So you may have something like that in your life too, where you feel time pressure that you, you only have one moment to really get it right. And then the circumstances have completely changed. So think about that in your life when you are going through the process of this upcoming new moon. We are also going to be experiencing the stationing of Mercury direct right around the, the fixed star Thuban. Thuban's around seven degrees of Virgo, so it's not quite on Thuban. It's a little bit past it, but it's pretty close. And that's really about uh, the, the dragon that was guarding the golden apples in the, in the Garden of Eden or something of that nature. And we have to be careful about hoarding and things like that. And we may have to let resources flow through us during this period of time. So there could be themes like that arising. Maybe there was something that was held back or you've been holding back. Maybe there will be shifts that you need to make in the way that you think about something, whether it's uh, generosity or some process like that. The new moon is also going to be on a fixed star called Denebola. And Denebola is in the constellation of Leo. Now, I, I had someone on Instagram this week kind of try to have a gotcha moment with me about the sun being in Leo instead of Virgo. And I think that he was looking at a constellational zodiac, and which in that case, the sun is technically in Leo. But since we are Western astrologers, we use a tropical zodiac, which is based on the spring equinox, the point of equal light and darkness at the beginning of spring. And then we have an equal division of the 12 signs overlaid over top of that moment. So I tried to explain this to him, you know, and he was kind of skeptical and back and forth, but whatever. Here's the thing. Astrology to me is divinatory. If you are going to use a particular system, whether it's a constellational zodiac, a sidereal zodiac, or a tropical zodiac, that's fine. Just make sure you're consistent with it. And if this system doesn't work for you, that's also fine. So if you, if you go out there and try to challenge your, your friendly diviners about their methods, you better, number one, you better come correct. You better know what you're doing. And number two, just get over it. Use your own method and let people use their own methods. This whole kind of thing in our community about making everyone wrong about the methods that they're using, I was kind of hearing that there was a little like kerfuffle on Twitter that I don't really get involved with, but that's one of the things that I find the most distasteful about the astrological community in general, is everyone trying to like, you know, one-up each other about who's right and who's wrong about their methods. I have no patience for that whatsoever. So my point being is that there are many ways up the mountain. There are many ways to 
be able to receive messages from the divine. Okay. And with Denebola, so that was a long-winded, like sort of like way of saying that Denebola is in the constellation of Leo, but we are in the tropical zodiac sign of Virgo. So there are some meanings that overlap there, and that those positions of these fixed stars are moving by a concept called precession. Okay, so it's based on the wobble or the tilt of the Earth, and it, it changes like a, a degree every, I don't know, 72 years or something of that nature. Um, so in this case, Denebola is in the, I believe, the hindquarters of the lion, and there is some significations with that fixed star about unorthodox living, thinking outside the box, doing something that is uh, you know, outside the mainstream, being a little bit of an iconoclast. Now, I point that out because there is a really interesting synchronicity with that fixed star and with another important element of this new moon, which is a trine with Uranus. So one astrologer that may study only traditional astrology and doesn't even use the outer planets may glean the same type of message from Denebola, the fixed star that's on this particular new moon, as someone who mixes in some modern techniques like the outer planets, such as myself, with the trine to Uranus, which we could also say may necessitate unorthodox new methods, trying to figure out how to do something in a way that is, isn't... Uh, hasn't been done before, that may shake us out of our ruts and routines and things of that nature. So it's a beautiful thing that happens, this, these synchronicities between different, different methods, different systems, and whatnot. Um, so the trine with Uranus, we are probably going to have to get real about the way that we're dealing with some things that are outside of our control. Uh, as I've been learning these new executive skills things, like through this book, w Winning the Week, right? One of the things that has really stood out to me is that they build in adjustment for when things don't go exactly how you plan. In the past, that was really difficult for me, where if I made a plan and, <laughs> and in my 12th house sun and Mercury-like life, the plan doesn't always go how I, how I hope it would. Um, I would get really upset. I would get really frustrated. I would get like angry, sad, depressed. And it would sometimes be difficult to recover from that. And it's been quite instructive learning a system that builds in space for the inevitable ups and downs and unexpected things in life. So what I think could be happening with Uranus in the third decan of Taurus, a, a decan that really does speak to the power of nature, really that will humble us as human beings. So I find with Uranus and Taurus, much of the, the significations that have come from that have been challenging weather events, climate events, uh, you know, droughts, floods, plagues, all of those things can be you know, we can hand that over to the third decan of Taurus. Also, 
that Deccan speaks to what do you do when you've, when you've made a mistake? What do you do when something doesn't turn out the way that you hoped it would? How do you repent for your mistakes? You know, there's a, there's a spirit in that Deccan called the Litai who offer up repentant prayer for people who have made mistakes due to their rashness or sometimes even just through no fault of their own, right? So it could be foolishness, it could be through your ignorance. All of us have blind spots about things. All of us are still in process of growing and changing. So, so by, by this, this new moon being trined to Uranus, this is a really important opportunity for us to get really real about what has worked and what hasn't. What is, how have you been growing over this summer? What types of things over the summer do you want to keep in your life? What types of systems have you been reevaluating as Mercury has been retrograding, has been retrograding through Virgo, through your, the Virgo area of your life? How is it connected to the Gemini area of your life? Because Mercury is the ruler of both Virgo and Gemini. I find the, the, the retrogrades of Mercury in Virgo to be very instructive. It's not always fun, but it is, it is dignified. There is, there is value in being able to reevaluate how you do something. Now, all of that is uh, overlaid on the backdrop of an opposition to Saturn and Pisces. So as we've been talking about, Saturn in Pisces speaks towards being able to let go of some dreams that may not be practical, but also to make some of your dreams real and to bring them to physical reality, to birth them. It also, especially in the first decade of Pisces, speaks towards the, the mythologies that you are crafting your life around. Every single one of us has a mythology that we are basing our belief system, our actions, our relationships, our, you know, raison d'etre around. Many of those come from our childhood. Some of them are worth hanging on to. Others of them are no longer serving us anymore. They are based on an old part of ourselves, an old form of ourselves that just doesn't even exist anymore. You know, the animal I got this week really speaks to molting. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till the end, but there is, a, there is a molting process that goes through that. I've been watching my little monarch caterpillars. Uh, uh, spoiler alert, it was the caterpillar is my, is my animal for the week. We'll talk about it more at the end of the show, but I thought that was really interesting. And, and one of the hexagrams I got talks about molting and shedding skin. As I was raising these monarch caterpillars over the, the summer, I, I just released my fifth monarch caterpillar yesterday. I haven't been posting this week because they, they, they came all in succession. Like they, one hatched Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> like, so I, I just haven't had time with all the other things that were going on in my life to, to post about it. But I might just make one reel with all of those releases. But it was very fascinating to see those caterpillars go through the process of shedding the skin. Like these monarchs went through th four or five different molting stages before they became adults. And we may need to do that over the course of a human life. There are certain personality traits, there are certain forms 
that we just need to shed. That if we hang on to them, we will literally perish like in that state. I had one particular caterpillar, one out of six, that did not make it. And the problem was, is that it got kind of stuck. It, it didn't affix itself properly. And, and then it, it wasn't able to make the change. It wasn't able to shed its skin. And then it died, which happens. Sometimes that happens. Only 10% of eggs from caterpillars become viable. Okay, that, that hatch into adulthood. You know, 90% don't make it. And in this case, we had a much higher percentage of those eggs make it to adulthood. But the point being is that for you to grow, some of those old ideas, beliefs, uh, habits, especially old habits, will have to be let go of. This is a great new moon to evaluate what habits are serving you and which ones aren't, so that you can create type of life that you want to have or that you can co-create now it requires resiliency to do all of that again as as you go through life you're going to have different information different challenges that are going to come up and as long as you are continuing to roll the ball or, or the train in the right direction that is a success this is the the another thing i'm really enjoying about um, winning the week is it's not about winning every day there are going to be some days that you just don't have it and as astrologers we understand why sometimes we're at a balsamic moon phase sometimes we're having a square to our natal saturn sometimes there's sometimes 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 right so being able to to be gentle with yourself when the the climate isn't ideal for doing what you want to do you can still win your week, okay, by, by being able to accomplish maybe one particular priority that you set for the week that will make your life easier. It's not just what seems the most urgent. It's like, how do you build the systems or the tools that you need that will help you move through your life with more grace? In my case this week, it was about using a new task management program and be, and planning out my week those are those are the infrastructures that were going to help me in the future not have to think about this stuff as much and it it's a little painful at first because you're learning a new system and it it's confusing but once you have it down it's going to be able to almost manage itself on some level okay um Marjorie says, I love the overlap with Denebola and Uranus. Yeah, it, it's, I, it just feels like a very similar vibe. This, this is something that I find super fascinating about uh, different astrological techniques. They can say similar things. And this is true for even for like systems that vary so much that they use a different zodiac. I find that some of their uh, ways of thinking about things actually do reflect similarities to the way we think about things. And Again, when we get attached to form at all costs, we are going to miss the essence of what spirit, the divine, the universe, the animate everything wants to communicate to us. And I think that's an enormous mistake. I think that when you get so attached to form that you just dismiss any method 
that is going to allow that message to come to you, that's your ego. You are not becoming a channel for the divine will. You want to be a channel for being right. So at this new moon, let go of the need to be right and embrace what needs to come through you as a channel, okay? And the form might look very different than what you thought in the very beginning when you set out. And that's okay, okay? That, that is okay. We're all changing. These forms, these bodies, they will decay. We will have to let go of them. We will have to let go of an image that we had of ourselves. And this is part of the thing about aging gracefully, is being able to embrace every stage that you are at, every form that you are at, without self-deprecating, without feeling guilty, or without like hating the way you look in the mirror or whatever. It's just a waste of energy. And I've been guilty of this. I've been guilty. I, I, I like to tell the story of when Venus, who is at its fall, and at its, uh, its maximum degree of fall in this decade. You know, Venus wants to hold things together. It wants to unify. It wants to harmonize. It wants to create beauty. This decade is really coming to terms with old age, uh, passing on our a wealth of wisdom and, and resources to the next generation, letting go of things that aren't really viable anymore. It's very similar to the third decade of, of Scorpio as well. But I, I you know, I, when Venus was near her maximum degree of fall, I, I made this crazy uh, hair oil to, because I was getting nervous about my hair line receding. It wasn't, it isn't that bad, but it, at the time I was like, oh no, I gotta stop this, right? And uh, it was, it was turmeric and like all this really, really thick oil and it just stained everything. And it was, it was me trying to hang on to form and doing something that made my life much more difficult to be able to hang on to an old idea of who I was and what I needed to be to be attractive. And at the end of the day, it wasn't worth it. And I stopped doing it after like a, literally a day. And I still have my hair for the most part, but if it keeps, you know, going, so be it. Our value isn't in what we look like. Our value isn't necessarily in what we have on our face or on our head. Uh, it's greater than that. And this is something that you can learn through this too. The other thing that I, I think is super important about this decan, I have Mars and Saturn in this decan, friends. And I've, had, I've learned a lot of tough lessons about this particular area of the zodiac. Um, being a Leo ascendant, I think that there is some attraction to kleos, which, which translates to glory in ancient Greek. So being able to live on in eternity, to leave a legacy, to, leave, to, to, to endure like the sun endures, it's consistency. There are some Leo folks out there, I'm thinking of this Brian Johnson blueprint guy who wants to cheat death. He is so attached to his physical form that he is spending millions of dollars to try to reverse his aging. Now, is it going to work? I doubt it. 
maybe for a little while, but to me, that form is going to decay and it's going to, he's going to have to let go of it. And I learned this the hard way too with, uh, with my mother. You know, my mother was a really vivacious, communicative, young, youngish person, even into her 60s, right? Very youthful. And overnight, she became an old woman after having a severe, severe stroke and an aneurysm after, after being diagnosed with cancer and having a, a double mastectomy. She had a surgery, and then shortly after that, a blood clot gave her an aneurysm. And she became very, very debilitated overnight. It was very, very hard to watch that and to see someone whose form had been so vital. And I had to come to terms with the fact that even though her form was frail, that her spirit was still strong, that she was still the same person or essence inside. And this is something I pray and hope that you all will consider and reflect upon on this particular new moon, is that you can't avoid death in various parts of your life that you have to come to terms with the temporalness of this life and this body. But that can really shift you towards an amazing amount of gratitude. It can shift you towards appreciating the people, the relationships, the, the joys, the pains, all of it. It can shift you towards that gratitude in an, with an intense way. You know, It's so worth it to be able to teach what you've learned to another generation, to be able to do something that's meaningful to you, to enjoy it along the way as well. Now, one of the things I've also experienced with this Deccan and with some folks that have something on this general area is a lot of them will beat themselves to death if they feel like they haven't contributed something grandiose to the world or to time. Um, I have news for you. The divine, the universe, the animate everything does not care about scale. Let me repeat that. The divine does not care about scale. You can change the world or leave a legacy for 100,000 people, or you can change one person's life. You can do something grandiose out in the world, or you can do something by changing your family lineage or, or healing some generational trauma between you and a child or something of that nature. That's just as much value as saving the world, quote unquote, just as much, in my opinion. So the other thing that Virgo teaches you is that no task, no gr grace should be beneath you, should be too small. There is beauty in, in you washing the dishes as an act of kindness for your significant other. There is beauty in you taking your kids to school every day. Those are heroic acts that not everyone is capable of doing, and it can change someone's life. So humility is part of this. It takes someone who is humble to understand that that is a truth. Because we get fed this myth of grandiosity in this culture. And sometimes we measure ourselves via scale with other people. 
Some people just, they were meant to do things on a different scale. That doesn't make them better than you, right? It doesn't make you any less than. So I hope that that's something that you'll internalize with that. Don says, mortality is a hard lesson to come to terms with, but the energy never dies. We are always. Yes, I agree with that. I agree. It's been hard. It's been, like I said, it's been a lengthy lesson for me to, to learn that through some really, really traumatic suffering. But yeah, I feel that more and more each day. Sharon says, yes, this Leo Sun, Moon, Venus is definitely having trouble with aging, 55. And I know part of it is fear of death and loss of youth. You're not alone, Sharon. This is a, uh, we live in a culture that, for better or for worse, you know, overvalues youth, overvalues, uh, you know, perfection, and somewhat discards us at a certain age. But that doesn't have to be the way it is. We don't have to buy that narrative. We don't have to participate in the perpetuation of that narrative. We can make the changes that we need to by, by valuing ourselves at every stage, by not allowing the prevailing messaging of advertising or whatnot to permeate our consciousness, okay? And you can change that by your own actions. And yes, it is definitely especially harder for women in this particular culture because there is, they have arbitrarily put a shelf life on women's value in Western civilization and culture, which, which is really tragic and needs to be shifted. And I think it is shifting. I will say that there has been a lot more uh, acceptance on like social media of the aging process. There, there are new types of inspirational models. There are people that are going gray and embracing that as a lifestyle choice. And so there are definitely, the, the tides are turning, I think. And if we can continue to, to make those changes as far as embracing our, our elder years, embracing and put and having value for, with the people that are going through these changes and understanding also that we need to be of assistance as well when when we're needed if our forms are starting to fade the community is going to help us to, to hopefully to thrive still um marjorie says that was so beautiful thank you for reminding us of the myth of grandiosity yeah it's, it's so so true and i i was and still sometimes fall victim to it i i sometimes have to learn how to have temperance in my life balance um i think the other thing that i was talking with another leo client friend is that Sometimes we're all or nothing about stuff. We get excited and we want to just do it as big and as much as possible. And, and it's important to have healthy balance in your life. And the balance of scale is really important. Khadija says, woo, this lunation is conjunct my ascendant. Plus it's trine, transiting Uranus and my natal Uranus and Neptune too. AKA transiting Nep Uranus is going to trine my natal Uranus exactly. I feel like this is going to be a big shift change aha moment. Curious about what, as a Virgo rising, I have a hard time loving change, but I'm deciding, deciding to be hopeful. 
Uh, Khadija also says a lot of the past year or so has been about me learning how aging is affecting my body and choices, but I'm cool with it. I've always wanted to be old. Well, Khadija, what I can say is what a gift it is to uh, be able to become old, right? There's so many people out there that don't get to be old people. And uh, that's something that my partner Capricorn Rising constantly reminds me of, is that it's, we're fortunate to have that time that a lot of people don't get. And I think that that can really shift our perspective on some level. So, and I will, I will break down all of the rising signs for you shortly here. And you'll be first, Khadija, because it's Virgo season, so Virgos are going to go first. Oh, yeah, Sharon says, I agree. Aging and body image ideals are changing. Yes, and it's, for, I think, for the better, for sure. Dawn says, this Sag has had to learn all about temperance the past two years. Go big has become go home. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's, it is very, very humbling, is what I will say. But don't lose your, your positivity, Dawn. You can be humble and respect scale and temperance while still maintaining that hope and that inspirational quality as a Sag rising or, or sun. Um, and for you Virgos out there, Virgo is a sign that is associated, I think, with a little bit of melancholy, sadness. And it's the melancholy that comes with the awareness of the ephemeralness of this life, with the, the anxiety of wanting to preserve something that is going to fade back into the collective. And oftentimes there's just a disappointment, a feeling of disgust at th those changes, at, at the, uh, what would I, how would I describe it? The disgust is sometimes coming at the at disappointment in, in humanity's inability to, to live up to some kind of spiritual ideal as well. And I've had this in the past myself. And again, it, it's really, your life can function a lot better when we start to let go of that. But there's an escapist quality to Virgo too. There's a lot of almost wanting to escape this reality on some level. So if you're feeling that around this Virgo period of time, recognize that you are someone who is cared for, someone who is loved. If you're a part of this community, I value you being here. And we all go through those challenging periods. Khadija says, exactly, aging is a blessing. A aging is equal to living. Yes, exactly, life is a gift. Uh, Don says, not at all, not ever, just listening more. Yeah, okay. Yes, we're, we're all working through the lessons that we need to learn, right? Okay, a couple other features of this new moon. Um, we have a first aspect it's going to be the moon conjoining Mars at 13 degrees of Libra. Okay, so this is going to happen a few days after the new moon. Hellenistic astrologers would look at the first aspect the moon makes to see what kind of, you know, outcomes, results, themes may be co-present. Um, well, thank you, Khadija. I, I value you too, friend. Uh, so 13 degrees of Libra is in the second decan of Libra, which has to do with oaths and contracts. It has to do with 
uh, a fixed star called Algarab, which is related to Corvus the Crow, who was given an a, a sacred task by Apollo uh, to fill the cup, which is the cup is, is the constellation was called Alkis, which is in this third decan of Virgo at 23 degrees Virgo. And Corvus, the crow, failed in his task to fill the sacred cup. He was given that divine purpose, but he failed because he got distracted by earthly delights, by figs and all these shiny things. So one thing I will say is if you're feeling something that you need to pass on as a legacy, if you have some work to do that's important, that's time sensitive, very important to try to eliminate distractions. Okay, this is, I can feel this in my own bones and body. I have a lot of work to do, but I have a very shiny object in sports staring me in the face that hasn't been there all summer. So how do we get through those shiny objects that seek to distract us? Again, I think it's important to have balance in your life. It's important to commit to the things that are important to you that'll move the needle while also not trying to go cold turkey on the things that bring you pleasure. That only leads to, in my opinion, to a, like a, 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 a rubber band slingshot rebound. So schedule it in though, schedule in the good stuff, schedule in the responsibilities, and that will help you to maintain that balance and not get distracted. Like try to take productivity in little chunks, okay? If you can focus for 25 minutes, then take a break and do something that you like, but then return to it. Like little, you'd be surprised at how much you can get done in those small little chunks of time where you shut the phone off. You, you, you set up your environment to, to bring you success. So for example, if you know that you get on all the social apps, turn a, a lock, an app lock on where you can only see certain apps for a certain period of time. If you know that you get distracted by, uh, I don't know, what are other examples of distractions? For me, sometimes it's just like snacks and stuff. So I will make sure that I eat a, a healthy meal so I don't feel like I have to eat all these snacks all the time, okay? Um, and, and your mileage may vary with whatever your distraction is, but set your environment up to allow you to have success. If you know you have, if you struggle with like, things like substances, if you have struggle with alcohol or something like that, you just don't have it in the house, right? Uh, and I know that's a, that's a much deeper change that you, some of us might be trying to go through, but set yourself up for success. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be something that intense, but create the environment that's going to support your best ability to get the work done that you need to get done. Okay, so that is pretty much what I, ha I have with the, just the new moon itself. Let's start taking this through the houses, but let's first let's take a little stretch break. So I appreciate all of you for being here today. I hope that you will like and subscribe to the video and to the channel if you're new. If you are a member who has been here for a while. I value you and your contributions and your consistency for showing up and supporting the channel. If those of you who are able are out there and you want to make a material donation to the work that I'm doing, you can do a little super chat with the dollar sign and the 
chat or you can make a donation via Venmo, PayPal me or buymeacoffee.com. Again, I'm starting a new Deccan walk, which is my big offering for the year. That's uh, going to start on October 2nd. Registration may end a few days before that, so please don't delay and create a cavalcade of work for me if you're planning on signing up. I would be in your debt if you were able to work that out as soon as possible. I would love for you to join me. We're going to go on a journey, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I love doing this work. I love connecting with all of you, and it's going to be an opportunity for us to go on a, uh, to establish a lot more intimacy. We're going to meet via Zoom twice a month, first and third Monday of every month. Even if you can't show up for the live uh, program or, or the interactions, there will be a Discord where we can share observations. There'll be recordings available if you want to catch the replays, all sorts of options. <clears throat> so yes, stretch break time. Oof. I hope we're all able to get a nice rest and recharge this weekend. This week was long. It was a lot. My brain is tired. My body's tired. Hopefully, my daughter didn't give us COVID as we took her to the emergency room for her kidney stone. So, fingers crossed. <laughs> Please send me some healing energy so that maybe we can avoid the, uh, the worst of that outcome. I'm going to focus on health. I've been saying Orphic hymns in the mornings to Asclepius and Hygieia, the uh, kind of the health, the health gods in ancient Greek uh, beliefs. And I think that's been helping, but we'll see. Sometimes there's certain things that are outside of our control, no matter what types of implementations we put into our lives or how much we try to control life other times sometimes life has its own plan so meredith is here new moon falls on my 50th birthday well happy birthday early meredith love your work and creating great valuable content here on youtube well meredith happy birthday friend and uh that'll be a powerful new moon for you uh it's gonna be a great new start for you for your passing on a legacy for uh Maybe reviewing how to manage your time and create healthy rhythms within your life. Luna Storm is here. Uh, yeah, she says that I have a lot of shiny objects distracting me. And you, they hope that my daughter will improve quickly. Yeah, me too. I do too. She's, she's a sophomore in college, and it seems like at the beginning of every school year she has something going on that slides her off track she has a sixth house son so she's learning perseverance when when uh fortune the wheel of fortune doesn't necessarily spin in her favor so say a prayer for the sixth house folks in your life <laughs> it always feels like there's something that's pulling them away from uh you know completing something but i will say it is the lesson is in the journey not the, the destination and I think that that's one of the greatest messages of both the 12th house and the 6th house, is there's, there's wisdom in the journey. 
Okay, friends, let's see if we can be true to our four o'clock stop time and talk about the rising signs. Sorry for being a little slow today. I'm feeling a little tired. But I appreciate you being here. I feel like when I'm a little bit fatigued, I turn into like Bob Ross. <laughs> the Bob Ross like vibe. Oh, here we go. Here's a happy little planet. Here's a happy little tribe. Here's a <laughs> like it's... love that guy. Um all right, so Virgo rising. This new moon is going to be in your first house. You may be uh, experiencing a brand new start around your body. You may be having to come to terms with aging around this period of time. You may be having to, to accept the changes that are happening with your body. Maybe you need to do a different type of exercise routine or something like that to be able to be as healthy as possible as you age. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I think that there is, um, we want to have the, the most quality of life possible as we move forward, you know, the most quality years. We don't necessarily have to live forever, but we want to be able to be as functional as we can, I think, moving forward. It's not always in the cards. I mean, sometimes there's just situations that are completely out of our control, and we still have value, uh, even if our bodies aren't functioning as, as efficiently as, we, if, as they did in the past or as we hope they would. But this could be something where you're thinking about your own mortality, <laughs> like potentially. Um, there may be some distractions coming from your second house with the moon conjoining Mars. And this could be some distractions with money and resources. It could be a broken contract or something of that nature as well that, that could come out uh, as, you, as we move along and move forward. Uh, Jupiter and Uranus are hanging out in your ninth house. So this is a, an opportunity to really re-examine your belief systems around how you create rhythms and routines and abundance in your life. The square is going to come from Venus and Jupiter here from the 12th to the ninth house. So just trying to balance out your need for solitude, your need for peace with your maybe the, the movement that may be a little bit more public with your belief systems and trying not to self-sabotage too much. I mean, the good news for you, Virgo rising, is that Mercury is about to station direct in your first house. So things might start to move forward for you a little bit here. We do have Saturn in that seventh house there, like really trying to help us to release some of the old narratives, especially around our partners and partnerships. So be careful about that moving forward also. Uh, we didn't talk about it in like the breakdown of the new moon, but there is a loose trine between the new moon and, and Pluto. So there's sort of like this grand earth trine happening if we include those outer planets. So, we, we may be having to deal with things that we've repressed. We may be having to deal with some kind of bureaucratic structure in our life that isn't been working and that, that we've ignored that needs to be uh, examined now. And we have the unorthodox solutions, hopefully at our fingertips to be able to make that progress. Okay, let's move forward. Oops. So Libra rising, 
Libra rising is having a new moon in the 12th house. Uh, it is probably bringing you some, a little, probably a little bit of anxiety at this, at this uh, new moon. Sometimes when we have 12th house stuff going on, uh, it's hard to relax. We may be feeling like retreating from the world. We may be feeling like we just want to curl up and on the couch with a cozy blanket or, or you know, good a good book, something like that. Liberizing, where just the world feels like it's a little bit too much. So this could be a good time to reevaluate how you take care of yourself, how you retreat from the world. Um, Anything that may be pulling you away from a sense of personal empowerment is up for evaluation around this period of time as well. Just like the sixth house pulls us away from completion, relationships, uh, seventh house matters because it is the cadent house from the seventh. The twelfth house is pulling us away from a personal sense of empowerment. It's, it, is, it could also be an illness as well that could pull us away from our uh, feeling our sense of vitality. Now you have Mars in your first house right now, um, which is a strange bedfellow for you, Libra rising, like it is, it is in its exile. There could be some challenges with partners right now. There could be some things where you're feeling a little fired up about something that's not fair, about an inequality in a relationship potentially. There could also be some broken agreements between you and a partner, and that could make you want to just retreat from the world. Um, there is a square between Venus and Jupiter in your 11th and 8th house. So just be careful about your involvement with groups and how you might share resources with others. There could be a little bit of overdoing it with the group or with like getting involved with in a financial agreement with someone else. This also could be something where you're dealing with debt and maybe even a government agency with the 11th house Venus and debt being related to the eighth house. So there may be something that's up for review around that. Okay, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Do, 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 do. Scorpio rising. Scorpio rising is having a new moon in the 11th house. So this is a, a potential new start for you within a, a, a group or organization that could potentially have altruistic values or someone that shares your values you maybe have been going through a reevaluation of your participation in certain groups or organizations with mercury retrograding and kazemiing that's the other thing mercury just kazemied this week uh in the house of the where the new moon is going to fall for each of your rising signs so pay attention to the messages that you received on this past wednesday and recognize that things are going to start moving forward with some of those realizations shortly after this new moon. Um, there is going to be a moon-Mars conjunction in your 12th house, and this is going to be related to uh, difficult maybe getting some peace. Oftentimes when I have 12th house Mars energy happening, um, there is sort of a it's hard to get rest. Like there may be so much activity going on that there's, there's just hard to get a break or, or hard to find solitude and peace. I've often had this happen when like, there's just like construction going on in my, my neighborhood or something like that, where it's just noisy all the time. 
but be careful of something like that. You got to be able to pace yourself. There's a square between uh, Venus and Jupiter in your 10th and 7th house. So this could be something where there's some positive movement in your career, uh, but you have to balance that out with finding it, uh, reevaluating your rhythms and routines with your partners in your life. So there may be some tension between that, but ultimately there's, there's positive things happening as long as you reel in too much of a good thing. Okay. Let's keep going. Sagittarius rising. Sagittarius rising, you have a new moon in the 10th house. So Sag rising, if you've been, you know, exploring different career options, new jobs, new public expressions, this could be a moment where you're planting the seeds for the next cycle. Uh, you've probably been reevaluating or had some realizations about some things that you'd like to do publicly. Uh, there may be uh, something that you've been saying, oh, I, I need these skills to, to be able to figure out how to do this new job or something of that nature. Uh, you will be having a trine with this new moon to Uranus in your sixth house. So having a new, you know, implementing a new method around how you work, your routines. Um, maybe there will also be some potential challenges where maybe you're dealing with an illness or something like that, where you're having to reevaluate your methods around how to heal or throw an injury or something like that as well. This also could suggest reevaluating the practitioner that you are working with. Um, Sixth house is also people that like work for us. So people that you've hired and you may be reevaluating your relationship with them. With the, the Moon-Mars conjunction shortly after the new moon, there may be some kind of broken agreement between you and a group or uh, with a, someone that you share values with potentially. Could be some challenges or distractions from the group. There could be uh, maybe a broken agreement with benefits that you receive from the government or something as well because the 11th house is the second from the 10th house, the derived second house, the money of the king. All right. Um, I'm going to go quickly through this. My energy level today is not very high, so I'm sorry if I'm not going through everything in as much detail as in the past, but for me to get through all of them today, I'm just going to have to go a little quicker. Capricorn rising. Capricorn rising, you have a new moon in the ninth house with Mercury stationing direct in your ninth house. That new moon is trining the fifth house. So you, this could be a new uh, time for your belief systems. Could be a, a seed planted for a long distance journey that you may need to take. Uh, you may be reevaluating your relationship to how you seek pleasure with trying to Uranus and a retrograde Jupiter in the fifth house. There could be some distractions or some severances and contracts at work with the 10th house moon Mars uh, happening as well. So keep an eye out for that. There may be something that is starting to move forward with a shared resource with Venus stationing direct in your eighth house, but there may be something where uh, there may be some tension between your eighth house of shared resources with others and how you seek pleasure with fifth house. Could be a challenge with lending money or resources to a child or to somebody like who is a dependent. There could be something where you're giving a lot of your energy to a 
a young person in your life, and that could be a little disruptive potentially as well. Okay. Now we go to Aquarius rising. Aquarius rising, you have an eighth house new moon in the area of the chart that is associated with the resources of a partner, with legacies that happen after death, like inheritances, anything that happens after a completion of some sort. So this could be something where you're deciding uh, how to pass on a legacy after someone has passed. There could be something where you are dealing with a new way of dealing with resources that you share with somebody else since there's been a Mercury retrograde in this particular area. Um, there is a trine with this new moon in your chart with the fifth house, Uranus and Jupiter. So there could be a, a need to reevaluate your methods about how you deal with your family. There could be some surprises or some need to do something new with your uh, foundation or something with, that supports you. Uh, if there was some expansion in your house or you were remodeling or something like that, you may be reevaluating or there may be some delays with that as well. So be careful with your money around this period of time because Saturn is hanging out in your second house, causing you to get real about what you can afford and what you can't. Um, the moon is going to make a conjunction with Mars in your ninth house, so there could be some distractions or some challenges or broken agreements that come to you from a foreign place or from a distance or through travel uh, or through like a religious organization or something like that. So keep your eyes peeled for that Aquarius rising. Okay. Pisces rising. Pisces rising has a new moon in the seventh house with a trine to Uranus and Jupiter in the third house. Um, this is a new moon in your house of partnership, on your house of bringing things to a, a celebratory conclusion. It's also a house of open enemies. Um, you, you may be able to start to think about what forms you'd like to preserve and which forms you want to let go of within your relationships and partnerships. How can you bring something to completion? Um, remember that a relationship is fluid. It changes. The, the, the roles change. So this may be deciding which roles need to be preserved and which ones need to be let go of. Uh, you may have had some shocks or some new ways of needing to do something in your everyday habits and routines, the little everyday journeys and errands that you do with the third house being activated. This could also be something where you're reevaluating your relationships with a sibling or with a neighbor or with an extended family member. Venus is going to be squaring Jupiter from the sixth house, so this could be something where you're, uh, where you're really kind of dealing with, um, mm, it could be a teacher as well. This could be something where maybe you have a relationship with a new mentor or something like that. And I guess I would just caution you about the relationship with that mentor, potentially, that you don't get overly involved or give someone over your power, which is something that sometimes Pisces Rising can do is, is 
they sometimes will try to put their own faith into some guru or something of that nature, and that can bring you some some challenging experiences. So healthy boundaries, I think, is something that I would recommend uh, with this new moon. And you may experience some some tension or distractions with your resources that you share with someone else. There could be some some old debts that come up. There could be some contracts that are broken between you and another person. So keep your eye out for that as well. Okay, let's go back all the way up to Aries rising. Meredith Re Reynolds says, I'm the artist behind fuzzy angel pet portraits. I used Venus retrograde to rebrand my artwork. Nice, Meredith. Nice. I hope that's working out well for you. I like, I like your art. It's good stuff. I believe at some point in the past, you reached out to me, and I, I apologize if I didn't send you something. I think you were saying you wanted to do a portrait for me or something. <laughs> I just, I it just kind of started. It fell by the, the wayside. But Meredith does good work. Check her out. Um, Aries rising. Sixth house, new moon making a trine to uh, Uranus and Jupiter in the second house. So sixth house new moon could be uh, uh, dealing with a health issue, de dealing with a, an injury, maybe a healing process potentially. There may be some new start with the practitioner that you are working with, someone who does a service for you, like a, a doctor, a teacher, uh, someone you've hired to do work for you. Um, just you may have to be really judicious about your own resources when, when that's involved as well, because there could be some some things that you have to examine with your budget to, to make sure that all that's going to be uh, copacetic moving forward. There is a square between Venus and Jupiter in your second and your fifth house. Oftentimes, second, fifth house squares, sometimes that's another indication of money issues with a, with a child. Um, I have found this to be true that, that if people have some intense squares, they always have some, some weird situation with resources with, with a child, or it can also speak to dealing with addiction sometimes. Like, like the second house is like the mouth. It's what we put into our body. It's what we, what we consume. And if there's a square between something in the fifth house, something could become very, very attractive. Okay. So you want to make sure that you're practicing moderation around things of that nature as well. Oh, Meredith says my offer stands to pay it forward. Oh, thanks, Meredith. Well, I'll have to reach out and we'll figure something out. Um, I have two beautiful cats and I love, uh, I love spoiling them and, and immortalizing them <laughs> through, through photographs. I, I'd have to find the right photograph. I think that was probably what stalled us is me just trying to decide what photograph to send you of my beautiful cats. <laughs> so. But thank you, Meredith. I appreciate that. Um, take care, Loom Storm. Thanks for stopping in today. Okay, so Aries rising, you've got Mars hanging out in your seventh house, which is also the ruler of your ascendant. So this could be something where, you know, you may want to move forward with something in your life, but you're having to work with someone else's energy, and that can be really frustrating since you probably enjoy moving forward on your own under your own power more often than not. There could be a broken agreement between you and a partner. There could be a distraction that comes from a partner. So keep your eyes peeled for that. 
Okay. Taurus rising. Taurus rising. You have a new moon in the fifth house. Trining all the stuff in your first house. So this could be a new start for your kids, for the way that you seek pleasure, games of chance. Um, this could be something where you are thinking about how to shift from one form to the next with your fifth house topics could be your kids growing up and like maybe needing to get them new clothes or something like that because they've grown out of the old ones or having to let go of some habits because they're aging out of them um you may have to change your own personal routines and rhythms and try something innovative and be a little bit flexible about how that's going to work moving forward you know venus did station direct which is the ruler of your first house which probably feels better but it's squaring Jupiter retrograde in your first. There could be something that that comes up where you're having to get having to be slowed down a little bit. I know our friend um, Mo in the chat, Taurus rising, barely, luckily avoided a broken foot, right? And um, that's Jupiter. Maybe maybe got lucky with that, or Venus stationing direct. But something that's slowing us down temporarily. But it could have been worse, I guess, is the 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 vibe I'm getting from that. Uh, the moon is going to conjoin Mars in your sixth house. So Mars in the sixth house can also speak to an injury, right? It's an exiled Mars in the sixth. So Mars is in its joy in the sixth house, which does not necessarily mean that it's a good thing. It just means that Mars is, likes to be there and is really powerful. So some, something could come up uh, for an injury or an illness that you may have to deal with. Try not to get too distracted by it. Um, make sure that if you are working with a uh, practitioner that you read all the fine print so that you don't have a contract disagreement or something like that as well. Again, the second decan of, of Libra has to do with oaths and contracts and commitments. So when Mars is there, oftentimes we'll see a, a breaking of a commitment of some sort. And with the moon hitting that, it's, um, it's activated. Okay. Gemini rising. J -j -j Gemini and the Jets. Do, 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 do. Gemini. Sorry, I can't sing today. I'm too tired. Gemini and the Jets. I think my throat's tired. <laughs> I hope I stay healthy through this, friends. Like, it would really suck after three and a half years of not getting COVID. Like, just getting it from trying to help someone it sucks. I'm getting a little annoyed thinking about it, to be honest with you. But so it goes. Please say some healing prayers for, uh, for me and my partner and my body and for our health today. So Gemini rising. Uh, fourth house, new moon. Uh, this is something where you might be experiencing a new start in your home with your family, with your foundation, with your roots. Uh, you may be thinking about legacies that you want to pass on in, in your family, domestic situation. You may have to reevaluate the way that you retreat from the world, the routines about how you deal with uh, some of your own repressed fears or challenges or, or maybe uh, issues of self-undoing. Um, you have a square between Venus and Jupiter from the third to the twelfth house. So this could be something where something's finally moving forward, either with a sibling or with a daily habit or routine, an extended family member. 
but it may be creating some tension with your ability to, to take a time out and to rest. I often think that 12th house is related to sleep and liminal spaces as well. So sometimes there could be something going on in your neighborhood that's attractive. Like I'm thinking like a loud concert concert or something that makes it hard to sleep or something like that. Uh, Mars is in your fifth house, creating some tension maybe with a, with a child or with a creative project could be getting distracted by some things that you that, that seem attractive. It, it could be something where you're pursuing pleasure, um, but you want to make sure that you're honoring your agreements and your oaths so that you don't uh, disappoint people if, if they need you to, to step up. Um, your, your ruler of your ascendant, Mercury, is going to be stationing direct a day after this new moon. So it could be that you're finally getting some movement with a family issue uh, figuring out what needs to happen, how you need to organize your life to be able to move forward. Okay. Kate says, it sounds like it's time for a hot cup of tea, a fuzzy blanket, and a cozy spot in a podcast. A little R&R. &R. I think I need that. I may need to stop talking and just rest. Um, but I got a couple more to go. Let's do it. Let's dig deep. Let's dig deep, folks. I'm telling that to myself. You can do it, Spencer. You can do it. We can get to the end. Oh, thank you, Kate. Third house, new moon, if you are cancer rising. So this could be a new start in your in a learning process. Could be a new relationship with a sibling or an extended family member. Could be something finally starting to move forward shortly after that. Uh, this new moon with Mercury stationing direct helping you to understand how to move forward with, with an extended family member, a neighbor, something like that. could be the start of a new learning process as well. So the third house often represents like learning processes, uh, early, early education. Um, it could also be related to trusting your own intuition over an orthodox system. That's something that we see with the third house being the joy of the moon. It is the house of the heretic where you're trusting your own gut and intuition rather than following the rules. So that could be part of this as well. And keep in mind, with all of these that I've been talking about, Denebola is outside the box. It's unorthodox. So it's okay to be a little bit out thinking outside the box this new moon. You have a trine between that new moon and Uranus and Jupiter in the 11th house. So this could be something where you're having to reevaluate how you interact with a group, there may be some new ways, new groups that you could be a part of, and you're, you're trying to figure out how to, to work through your healthy routines, your balance with that. Uh, there could be even a little bit of a financial challenge, potentially cancer rising between, uh, you know, a group endeavor that you're a part of and, and trying to figure out how to pay for it or something like that. That could be something. There may be a, uh, a distraction or some sort of broken agreement in your fourth house related to your family, to your home, something of that nature. So, so be on the lookout for that as well, Cancer. Um, and new moons and full moons are always extra important for Cancer rising because the moon is the, the ruler of the first house. So you may be really thinking about your mortality or like uh, what you want to preserve for the future. It could just be that you're, you have a beautiful garden and you're trying to can a bunch of amazing stuff that you've been successful in growing. Okay, and finally, 
last but certainly not least, Leo Rising, myself included. So Leo Rising, we, friends, are having a new moon in the second house, financial area. Um, there's probably been some delays with resources coming in. Maybe you're offering a class that's going to start in October, wink, wink, and people are waiting to see if they have enough resources to sign up for it, which I hope that you will and encourage you to do so. And shortly after this new moon, things will start moving forward again. So it's okay to just relax. This will be a, a great time to figure out what kind of legacy and harvest that you're going to be reaping after a, a summer of work. Um, you, Venus is in your first house, so this is it's been retrograde, so you've been really reevaluating some of your own values around your own body and, and persona and things of that nature, and it's making a square to your 10th house. So there's been a lot of uh, expansiveness in your 10th house of your career, but now there is a, a reevaluation process of, of the, the routines that will help support that moving forward. And there may be some some things that you have to atone for with the career that, that you have to make some changes that uranus in the third decan of of taurus means that there's either some things that have been out of your control with with the career thing that has been a little bit disruptive it could be weather events or something of that nature or it could just be that maybe in the past you had a something that you tried to achieve and through going a little bit too quickly now you're having to 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 make up for uh, maybe something that didn't work as well as you thought. So reevaluating that process as well. The distractions could come from your daily habits and routines with Mars in the third house and in uh, Libra. Uh, could be some broken agreements potentially with students. Uh, hopefully not. If you've made an agreement for my deck and walk that you fulfill it. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking out loud here. Um, but also this could be like challenges with neighbors there could be some a new neighbor or something like that there could be something where you are feeling distracted by things going on in your neighborhood or with siblings or something like that also okay that is everything through the risings signs i'm gonna stop my share and let's talk I Ching and animal okay friends thank you for bearing with me today and me being slightly low energy, but I appreciate you being here. I appreciate all the wonderful comments. Appreciate you liking and subscribing to the video. If you could do me a huge favor. Uh, I would also love, love, love for you to join me on the deck and walk. And uh, please, if you are, are late to the show here, go over to the third coast mojo Instagram and check out the giveaway. My partner, Tanya Andrews is giving away a, a gift basket of magically elected oils and herbs and other goodies um, for signing up on her email list and liking the post. So check that out. It's really good stuff, and uh, I can't recommend her work anymore. Um, so to tie up the loose ends for this show today, the animal I got was the caterpillar, which is which is interesting because I've been raising caterpillars. I've been understanding their life process a little bit more and it speaks to hidden potential transformation delayed gratification keeping your plans secret until they're ready to hatch that's an interesting one right sometimes when we're not fully formed yet we need to protect ourselves and protect our ideas 
trust the divine timing. You know, a caterpillar has so much trust going into that final transformation. Their body literally dissolves. It's probably really painful. But we're trusting that in that period of dormancy, a beautiful butterfly is going to be forming and hatching after that. So you may have a little bit of a dormant period before the unfolding of your grandiose plan or of your humble and simple plan, which has just as much value. So trust your intuition potentially over others' advice as well. So this is something where your inner knowing is going to be really important. Uh, remember, the caterpillar molts four or five times before it reaches its final form. So there may be a lot of changes that happen and it might go through stages. Hexagram number 49 was what I got for this week. Uh, that translates to revolution, molting, tra transformation, metamorphosis, out with the old, right? This is, it's perfect. Those two things are aligning very synchronous, synchronously uh, as far as the animal and the I Ching. So, and we talk about shedding old forms to be able to, to preserve essence. And it's changing the hexagram number 10, which is, is, translates to treading, conduct, circumspection, treading carefully. This hexagram talks about stepping on the tail of the tiger. You have, to, you have to walk carefully with this one. It's about behaving in a way that is not going to put you in danger, like respecting the rules of, of, a, of being a guest in someone's house or interacting in a way that is um, going to bring you success. And there's three changing lines. The first changing line says, when one, one's own day comes, one may create revolution. So this, very simply, this line is talking about the time's right for change. This is, all the elements are there. Uh, the time is right. Um, you know, by doing the work, the change is ready to happen. Line number three says, starting brings misfortune, perseverance brings danger. When talk of revolution has made the rounds three times, there is confidence. So to me, this is like, it relates to the Mercury retrograde. It says, when you're thinking of making these changes, make sure that you check all the details. Make sure that you're not doing things too hastily. Make sure that you're slowing down and allowing each stage of the process to unfold. Okay? If you, if you go through things too quickly without evaluating exactly what you're trying to achieve, you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble. So, so slow down, let the process play out, reevaluate, keep reevaluating as you go. You can make a mistake in the beginning if you're trying something new, and that's okay, as long as you're continuing to examine what's working and what isn't. Uh, line number six says, the superior person changes like a leopard. The countenance of the, petty, of the petty person is transformed. Setting forth brings misfortune. To, mis to remain persevering brings good fortune. So this one seems like it's contradicting some of the others, but the message in this is also simple. Once a change has happened, once you've gone through this metamorphosis process, try not to get too fixated on it being perfect. Oftentimes when we have a lot of Virgo energy, myself, I've ex lived this, experienced this, we'll go through a change, we'll, we'll do something, and then we'll constantly be thinking about whether we did the right thing, whether we did it as efficiently as possible, whether it was as perfect as it can be. A lot of that is a waste of your energy and time. Once you make the change, just be happy with the changes that you've been able to make without striving for this unrealistic ideal of, of spiritual perfection that is sometimes just isn't even possible in the physical world. 
because that can undo a lot of the good that you've done. I, I've done this with like trying to find the perfect thing to purchase. I, I will go through this agonizing process of evaluating all the pros and cons of like, like a computer or something. If I had to make a big, big tech purchase like that. And when I finally make a decision and it comes in the mail, then I've, sometimes in the past I will be like, oh my God, I should have gotten this other thing. And that's just wasted energy. Let that go. Okay. And that will help you to move forward with the changes that you need to make. Try not to beat yourself up over what, it, what the form looks like. Try to connect with the essence of what you're trying to achieve. So that, my friends, is what I've got for you today. I'm going to take one more look through the chat. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Uh, Kate says, my daughter and I uh, had a hornworm we just let go. That's cool. They, they turn into these big, beautiful uh, moths, don't they? Marjorie says, thank you for sharing your wisdom today. Well, thank you, Marjorie. Kate says, thank you, Tanya. That's really sweet with our giveaway. Yeah, check that Third Coast Mojo out. Super cool. Uh, really excited about the work that she's doing and trying to expand what we're doing and her offerings with that as well. Kate says, we did a bunch of research on life cycle and behavior while we had the hornworm. Uh, nice. Uh, they just eat and eat and eat and eat. There are steps, a process. It's predictable but they also know when the next step is coming on. We could observe there's clues and what to look for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, what I learned with raising monarch caterpillars is, yes, exactly. They eat, they eat, they eat, and then they kind of, when they're about to molt, they go still for a period of time. So there's wisdom and stillness before the change. There's wisdom in centering yourself before you go through that, that process of metamorphosis and transformation without doing it willingly. So, Monique is saying, two hours again. Way to go, Spencer. See? I'm keeping my agreements with myself. How good does it feel when we set boundaries with our time and we make an agreement and we stick to it? So, um, just checking out some final comments here. Ultimately, we can't determine if the little creature still needed to eat a bunch or was ready to make its cocoon. Oh, yeah. Well, we learn as we do, right? Dana is saying, thunderstorms here in New York, charged energy. Well, Dina, hang in there and uh, hope that you are going through the, the changes with grace. All right, my friends, that is what I have for you today. Again, please do me a huge favor. Like the video, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to my newsletter if you aren't signed up. Subscribe to Tanya's newsletter from her Instagram post, Third Coast Mojo. Uh, I always love spending time with you here today. Please send well wishes over to my, my lovely daughter and to us over here for, for good health and things of that nature so we can uh, hopefully avoid the worst here. And uh, I hope that you and yours are experiencing good fortune and good health today as well. Remember, remember, a little bit of kindness will go a long way. Be kind to yourself, especially during Virgo season. It's so easy to beat yourself up in Virgo season. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Recognize that your transformation and your growth is a process that's going to go in stages. And that's how we work with the rules of incarnation as we allow it to happen. So again, be kind to yourself and be kind to others as well and cheer them on on their growth process, right? If someone's changing around you, that can be a little disorienting for, for you and for, for us. But it takes so much courage and bravery to go through that change that the support that they need is, is what they need from you rather than than criticism or fear. All right, my friends, that's what I've got for you. I hope that you're going to have a wonderful afternoon and a great week moving forward, and I'll be right back here hopefully next week. So I'll see you then. Peace.